beer, sports. Join Sean and Brad as they talk about sports and share a beer. From the east coast of Canada to the west coast of the United States. Over to you, boys. Everybody, what's good with you? Hey, Sean and Brad, Guys Beer Sports, Episode 17, Season 2. Uh, we're seeing the sports world kind of grind down to a halt. This is uh, Independence Day weekend, Canada Day weekend, uh, however you want to view it. I view it both ways in my house because, you know, we're a multi-citizenship uh, having family in this house. So I guess it's like Sean Esty, right? So we celebrate all the weekends. So happy Canada Day to my Canadian family and happy Independence Day to you find Americans trying to blow your fingers off in celebration this weekend. It's the most American thing uh, <laughs> you can do. That was so, the one thing. Uh, the one thing I miss out of Whippy is uh, you guys going crazy with it. Crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, nothing like it's Natty lights and fireworks, buddy. That's a combination <laughs> of freedom. <laughs> yeah, or incarceration, as the case may be. It just depends <laughs> on how far you go, right? It's the. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's got a line. Everyone's That's got it. a line. Speaking of lines, uh, shout out to our sponsors, Flyers. Uh, it's good to see them back in business and, and thriving. So, yeah, you got to wait a couple minutes for a table, but they'll get you in. Their service is great as always. Very efficient, very fast. Uh, Flyers Brewery Corner, Highway 20, and uh, Woodby Ave in Oak Harbor. Out to outside seating, indoor seating, plenty of specials. They got a great prime rib dip. Their burgers are fantastic. They got wings. They got whatever you want. Brew their beer in house, always on tap. So shout out to you know Tony and his crew and all the things they do. Thanks for uh, rocking with us. We support you. Yeah, man. And let's give a little shout out there to smooth my balls, Brad. I'm telling you, get those Clippers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I got a, I got a pair. They're uh, they're fantastic. They do the job. It's yeah, they're they're awesome. It's uh. You know, and and like you said, you know, if you're not right everywhere, you're just not going to be right. That's right. Not going to be yeah. right. You see, you walk different when you're right. That's the thing. Is a confident man is a groomed man. You think the BGS in the '70s were doing that there when they came up with that song? Yeah, staying yeah, alive. Uh, yeah, 100. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe they had sideburns cut in, but there was, you know, they were still lined up. It was the '70s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I just wanted to give a quick shout out there to Brian's Barbershop out on uh, 799 Sackville Drive in Lower Sackville. Thank you, Brian. Did me up. <laughs> Thank you. He made fun of me. Follow up, we follow up the Smooth by Balls with the Sackville reference. It's yeah. <laughs> well, he just made fun of me relentlessly there. Yeah, Sackville. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he made fun of me relentlessly when I told him. It's like I did my own hair. He goes, no, really? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no, he said, no, shit. I saw it as soon as you closed the door to your car. You walk around with that jagged ass hairline again when you did it. Yeah, he managed to work a miracle here. Man, like you said, so how, much, is- how much is it going to take for you to shave that thing into a mohawk at some point? Like, what's the deal there? Uh, maybe when I'm out of the military. <laughs> it won't take much. There you go. Be like an old wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hold on to the mohawk. You know, the problem is though is that, like now, as I'm getting older, I find more people are. Uh, uh, maybe it's just because my I smile a lot more, but they they they're very friendly and nice towards me. You know, uh, when I was younger and a little bit more jack maybe i wasn't smiling as much it was not uh, quite the same uh, quite the same feeling <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well how you present yourself usually is how people respond to you That's, you know well you know when well, you're well, being the fijian warrior yeah well i mean i would imagine that your the happiness people are showing you is probably in relation to how groomed you stay right and that's people can just tell You mean groomed like here, or yeah, are you no, talking? No, every, everywhere else. Yeah. You meant you meant it. Not okay. hot and sticky. Your personality's not hot and sticky either. You That's know what I mean? It's nice and smooth. <laughs> guy's smooth. There's something different about him. <laughs> yep. You see, guys cruising smooth and a lot of care in the world when everyone else is freaking out. You're like, well, that guy. Yep, that guy's a shave my balls customer. 
Smooth. Smooth as eggs. <laughs> what is going on with these Stanley Cup finals? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I mean, I think you're seeing, you know, this is, I don't remember what Tampa Bay was ranked coming out of the regular season, but it was top three, probably. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Easily. Okay. Um, so you're taking a top three team. against. I don't even Cowboys. know about top three. You but they they'd be top five. Okay, well, you can look at it, and I'll go. I'll say what I have to say. You have this team that was ranked 18th. That's a Cinderella story, right? And they did everything right through the first three series of the playoffs. Right, everything. Right. They the goaltender played to his best ability. You know, I, I won't say out of his mind because we know he's capable of that. And they kept their mistakes to a minimum, which is how you win in sports. Right? Is you have your star player playing to the best of his ability and the rest of the team not making mistakes and capitalizing where they can. And that's what the Montreal Canadiens did through the first three rounds of the playoffs, right? Oh, yeah. Now they've run into a team that's very talented and they've gotten loose. And whether or not they read their own press or they just the, the stigma of, oh, we can't believe we made it this far, because I don't think that they really cared going into Vegas, that that's where they made it. They didn't care. But I think the finals are a bigger stage, brighter lights. Uh, you know, you're not even seeing the Montreal Canadiens necessarily being outplayed as much as you're seeing them uh, make mistakes that are being capitalized on. Yeah. That's just the thing. They're not they're not necessarily being outplayed, right? It's a game of, you know, inches for these guys for real because you're seeing mental errors that the Lightning are capitalizing on, which is what their MO is. You know that they've won the Tampa Bay Lightning since like 2015 have won 27 more playoff games than everyone else. Yeah. They're averaging 9.9 wins a playoff season since 2015. That's six years. That's right. Because That's they, they, they were making it to the conference finals and they were always a perennial cup. You're winning conference. almost 10 games a playoff yeah. run. Yeah. You're winning you need series. 16. You need 16 to win it all. But yeah, you're right. They're, they're making deep but runs. But you're averaging 10. Yeah. Like – you're putting things together. You understand how to win. And when you're being given these gifts, you know, and I think that, you know, Montreal's really got to sack up and go and they've got to win at least one game. They hopefully will win two because I don't think so. You know, I, I don't think, think it's no, 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 Sweep City, man. I do. I, I don't, I'm saying they need to. I'm not saying they're going to. Yeah. They need to for their own sake because getting swept in a series like that, in a championship series, historically never works well for any sport. Oh, no. Oh no! Look at the teams in the Super Bowl that got beat twenty-eight-three. Look at the teams that get swept in the NBA. Look at the Major League Baseball. You know when they goes four-zero. Like you have to win a game for you to build on that for the next year. And that's where Montreal find themselves right now. Are they gonna win the Cup? Man, no. Like, so just, a, not, just a couple, couple of things for me here is that you have two teams that wouldn't necessarily like right now in the Stanley cup finals, that would actually probably would have met each other in the first round. If there was a playoff, because they were both in the same division. If it wasn't COVID, right. If there was no North division, no, none of this East West central. So that's strange thing there. You can see that the tempers are boiling because these two teams know each other. Um, they play each other a lot, just as not this past season. Uh, when I was just looking at, cause we were just talking, I was having a look at the standings. Lightning were in third in their division. So they're behind the Panthers and the Hurricanes. Huh. But they were still, you know, pretty decent. They're still 16 points ahead of Montreal as far as what the whole entire regular season standings were. The Islanders, I mean, they were in fourth in their division. So the only team that was in that final four that was any, you know, Anything up there was, and they were runner-ups to the uh, Colorado Avalanche was the Golden Knights at 82 points. And then Montreal bringing it in at 59. So, yeah, you have all those things that you just stated. The defense on Tampa Bay is stellar. Vasilevsky is better than Carey Price right now at this moment. Yeah, in this series, for sure. Yeah. Like he is like it was interesting. K Price's uh, press conference was I have to be better. And that when he just got up and walked away. Like that's mm-hmm. that was his entire he wasn't taking any questions. It wasn't we have to be better, it was I have to be better, and then it was out. He probably should have said, I mean, 
I, I appreciate the sentiment. He's a leader, right? He knows that, you know, that's how he views it. But I, I feel bad it. for just, him. They can't, they're put well, and you know, it's not even necessarily, I think, that he's playing poorly. No, his team is just putting him in terrible decisions. The one thing, though, that we are seeing is that he's not eating up rebound shots like he was, but maybe that's just stuff he's just seeing so many that he's just, you know, you can't well, stop them all, right? That's the thing. You have a look at the way of Tampa just going out there. They're not even getting the most shots in the game. It's like Montreal's getting the most chances, but Tampa just exposes whatever yeah, mistakes. I think, though, that Tampa's getting the most quality shots, though, because yeah. Montreal's just giving it up at just inopportune times, right? There's just these weird lapses of uh, in-game awareness that is happening that they're just not getting uh, – you know, they're giving it up to too easily to uh, the Tampa Bay folks, and they're just they're capitalizing on it, and that's just what's eating it. It's, you know, that's the thing. But it just shows you like how much um, <clears throat> being a champion and then being able to get through to here, having that championship caliber, because most of that team is still the same team. Yeah, that yeah, team yeah. is all Steve Weiserman built, really. I mean, it makes up for a couple of things here and there. It's it's a great team. They're, they're going to have a good run. Um, it's going to be interesting, though, because there's a lot of uh, – a lot of because, like, with the NHL, like, with free agency, it's not the same as any other sports where there's, like, a luxury tax or a fine or something like that. Yeah. Like, you have to stay under the salary cap. And so um, it's going to be interesting coming up with the, the Leafs, the, the Lightning, teams yeah. like that. They're going to have – I had a good chuckle this morning. Uh, I was reading some of the deals – that you know the angel players are signing these massive deals and they're eight years 40 million bucks I was like, yeah yeah listen man if you're I mean, making 12 money, it's nothing to scoff yeah, at, right it's, you're making 12 a season i mean really that's still in the same sort of lines as like the uh well no, it's eight for eight years for 40 million dollars man i don't know where your math is at five no i know million. well that's like like that's five that's five per right so that yeah. he's a he's a run of the he's like you know mid yeah. mid line you got guys though that are like Tavares, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews. They're signing twelve mil a season, ten mil a season. You yeah. know, um, but is there but then, in baseball? So. Yeah, but yeah, that's it. Baseball, football <laughs> too, man. I mean, uh, ever since, uh, ever since, uh, why can't I think of Kansas City's quarterback Mahomes signed that huge uh-huh. deal? I mean, uh, the world of sports has changed financially. Well, yeah, we it's saw uh, DeAndre Hopkins get his deal. It sounds like Devontae Adams is going to try to dwarf that deal at 27 mil a season, which is crazy. Crazy when you think about that in real dollars. You know, um, yeah, it's fascinating. Oh, yeah. Fascinating to watch. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe we shouldn't put the NHL, you know, or Major League Soccer in those same expectations of those big sports because the money's not following the production. So no, to speak, right. No, but so, I think viewership's been up this year and I think it's yeah, going to continue. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's not, I'm just, my yeah. thought is uh, from a production standpoint, you know, and from a, just a, a quality of presentation that maybe our expectations shouldn't be as high because the dollars don't equate. No, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what ESPN is going to do with the NHL because I think yeah. they're going to do a great job making it into a great product. It's going to be groundbreaking, Sean. Yeah, groundbreaking because you they know. have all the ability from all these other sports to be able to bring that in and turn that around. Absolutely, and uh, I think they the NHL they're the innovators, right? They're the innovators. I don't know if absolutely. You, ever, you know, I don't know if you have this ability in Canada, but they've got three or four different feeds you can watch games on. Oh no, absolutely. I mean you can watch an above the rim feed yeah. on basketball, you can watch a courtside view. Yeah. And, and you, I don't know if you've been seeing that too. It's like the different uh like I don't know if there's a zip line going on, but it seems like you're yeah. on the ice and some of that uh stuff. I've never seen it uh well, filmed. I, yeah, I think they took that technology from football. You know, yeah, they have that camera ESPN does that runs on a zip line above the ice and or above the field and follows that and that's really fun to watch. Yeah, it, it's definitely making. You see how great faceoffs are going to be with that camera over the top like that. Like it's oh, phenomenal. <laughs> it's like uh it's like an old movie. 
Doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like old hockey yeah, movie. Even just watching the NBA playoffs, <laughs> like when there's a question of who the ball went out off out of bounds, you can see nine different angles of it. Yeah. Man. So speaking about the NBA playoffs, there, I, I, I let's 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 get to that in a second. You're cracking. You're cracking now. Uh, I've been hearing it's so funny. I, I've been looking at social media. A lot of people are actually a little bit worried about. Uh, your head coach there it's it's crazy uh worried how uh so like he's gonna build a juggernaut that's gonna sweep the whole team and pull him under and just be the dominant force for 10 years you know what i mean there's a there's a strong possibility he did he's the last coach that actually brought philadelphia into the postseason there and and did something with them so but there's some people just saying you know why we hired hacksaw blah 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 I say give the guy a chance. You never know. Like, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I would, it's hard when you have expansion team uh, fan bases because not everyone is uh, as versed in hockey as you would maybe like them to be. Yeah, but here's that's what thing. I found. You know, I've, I've been interacting with some of these, uh, some of the fan pages that are out and around, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, your experience with hockey is at a much higher level than mine is a higher meaning higher elevation you know like right and again fifth favorite sport right i don't feel like i'm more qualified <laughs> but i'm more qualified in some venues than i am in others like i'm looking at Haxel but and everyone's thinking that though like i mean everyone's making a big deal about coaches and all those things and it's across the board like every no matter what you do as an organization anymore in any sport when you hire a coach you're always going to hear you know whatever right and who knows? Who knows? That's the thing. You're seeing it with the Dallas Mavericks and Jason Kidd and, you know, Portland signing Chauncey Billups and all this stuff and yeah. you know, what Boston's doing with their front office and their coaching staff. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You know what? Like Greg Popovich, who's a fantastic coach of the San Antonio Spurs, no one like that hired back in the 90s either. But guess what? One of the best basketball coaches ever. That's so it. Shut your mouth. You don't know what you're doing. What I love here, my guy who talks about sports on weekends, right? Like that's, you know, that's my thing. So what, what I do love though, is that somebody made a very, very educated uh, comment about this is that Seattle coming in is going to have two automatic rivalries, Los Angeles and Vancouver. Yeah. Automatic. They could be competitive as competitive or maybe even more so than both those teams coming in. Yeah, I don't, yeah, you can't discount what man, what uh, the Vegas uh, rivalry will be either. No, and and Vegas being a few hours away, absolutely, it's it's another rivalry. Um, but I, I'm just looking at that. I get that yeah. north south, yeah. <laughs> that north south there. corridor. Yeah, yeah. it's the same. It's the same rivalry that Seattle had when Vancouver had a basketball team. Right. You know? Right. This right. up and down, up and down that I five. That West Coast is always going to be, you know. We all have a certain. We all love the West Coast, but we all only love our certain part of the West Coast when it comes down to it. Hey, if you have an edge over two teams going in, and the yeah, thing yeah. is, is that right now, I mean, you're one of the front runners for Duncan Keith, uh, Chicago's defenseman, looking to come out to the West Coast there, and they're looking at Winnipeg, Vancouver, Seattle, the Kings. So only really considered. Uh, yeah, it? I know Winnipeg is more central than it is west, but yeah, <laughs> Not about a lot of waterfront there in Winnipeg, but maybe, <laughs> maybe. You know who loves Winnipeg? Brock Lesnar. <laughs> oh, that's all I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm 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 excited for Seattle. Seattle's going to have a really good team. Um, yeah. I, you I th- need another team to root for. Yeah, for yeah, sure. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love Ron Francis. He's there building yeah. your team. Um, you got a you got a good team. It's it's well, I mean, the potential for a good team. You know, so yeah, we'll see I mean, what happens with what one player in the roster. So so far, yeah, <laughs> I would say we're not not necessarily. Um, you know, yeah, it's interesting. I guess I hadn't really thought about the uh, how it'll shake out, but the West will be interesting. The Kings will have that. The I mean, we have San Jose and Anaheim would also be. I mean, I don't know they're not good now, but well, that's it. Is a San Jose and Anaheim? Be, uh, yeah. You know, 
interesting. Yeah, it's funny that nobody even is mentioning them because really, I mean, they're they're not threatening at this moment. Yeah, but uh, having said that, who knows? I mean, free agency. That's the other thing about Canada Day. Usually, it's free agency for hockey. Uh, COVID's thrown that all off. Oh, interesting. Our first goals in a July month happened. So in in the NHL. So <laughs> so it's interesting. I thought, I thought there was wasn't there hockey last uh, July. No, it came back in August. They did oh. the uh, yeah 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 yeah. So meaningful hockey being played in July. Now it's like every month has been some meaningful hockey in the past couple of years. So it's interesting, yeah. Yeah. but. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good good come up there to see what's happening here. You're gonna see teams trying to juggle with uh, salary. You're gonna see a new team trying to build. Well, expansion drafts are always fascinating. I, mean, I love them. Yeah, yeah. Always so, interesting who they you know because there's some of it like well we like this guy but we're also overpaying him so we'll we'll see if we can dump him. That's it. And then somebody gets screwed somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Man, Chris Paul. How many years has he been in? Is this his first finals? Years, I've been hating Chris Paul. Is this his first finals appearance? First finals appearance. That's crazy. Uh, you know, and really, uh, you know, with the injuries, I, I think that Phoenix is probably the favorite over Atlanta if Atlanta can get by Milwaukee. I don't think Atlanta's getting by Milwaukee. I said if. Uh, they would be the favorites over Milwaukee if Giannis can't go. And I don't know, you know, you have to wonder about, we saw this a couple years ago when Kevin Durant was in Golden State and they rushed him back from an injury. And then we saw him hoop amazingly for a little bit of that game. 40 points. He had 40 points in that game. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, roll up city, the Achilles goes out for the year. No small secret. A lot of people feel like that injury was caused because they rushed him back from a knee injury. Um, do you but was do it that? was it was it the organization that rushed him back or himself or a combination of both? Um, it is so. What the story has come out to be is that he wanted to come back, and the organization held him off, and then finally relented because they also realized they needed him to win. So I don't think anyone has any poor feelings on how it happened. I think just as from a risk management standpoint, I think you have to wonder about, you know, that's always every, every game that you put somebody out there, there's a risk for injury, right? Absolutely. That's the nature of sport. But if someone is compromised already and it's your star player, you know, there was a lot of things that went into that Golden State decision that aren't in play here, which is Kevin Durant re-signing to stay in Golden State and how desperately they probably felt like they wanted him to. Yeah. Um, you know, Giannis is in Milwaukee for a while. There's no, he's not leaving. So you have to balance that. You have to say, okay, uh, you know, they say no structural damage, but some bruising, you know, uh, who knows how accurate those things end up ever really being. I don't know if you saw the injury happen, but there was a definite hyperextension that looked terrible, uh, in the moment. Um, I don't know that you, I mean, maybe he can come back in time for a couple of games in the finals if they go that far, but you got to wonder if, you know, Phoenix doesn't take advantage of it. And I think, I think Phoenix is the one seed. I think they had a better record than the East. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So first couple of games in Phoenix. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it comes together, but it's interesting again, though. Yeah. Cause you're not thinking, I think Milwaukee comes away. From, I don't think Atlanta has enough horses to get it done. Yeah. They probably had enough horses with young, a healthy tongue, but man, a foot injury uh, for a point guard is very difficult. That's it. Now, it's it's amazing what you just stated all there because, like, <clears throat> you would think that uh, people would be learning about rushing players back, like RG three, yeah, against uh, the Seahawks that year, his first year. Remember that yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty much injured. He came back and tore his knee up. In that playoff game, uh, that playoff game took two ACLs. Chris Clemens was in that game too, and also destroyed his ACL. That field was unfit to play on, probably. Yeah, I would say that was less of them rushing Robert Griffin back and more of it being a field condition. Um, Interesting. Yeah. 
but yet you would think, I mean, but that's the thing is everyone thinks, you know, that's the, the nature of sport is that you see this guy who's talented and every coach and GM thinks that they can get more out of that player. And so that's yeah, why you yeah. see teams take flyers on guys that maybe haven't reached what, you know, the perceived expectation of them is and all those things. So they always are thinking that they're, you know, that they've done the most to get somebody prepared for the moment and that they're, you know, taking the precautions and that they're, you know, all those things. And, you know, sometimes there's some oversight there. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, there's a lot of people clamoring for, you know, these injuries could have been avoided by the NBA if they would have not tried to rush this season out to get the next year back on track, which is essentially what they did. Well, especially like when I was hearing that the NBA was trying to like find people for like keeping their top players out on like those uh, must see. Well, they were trying to balance like people being involved in the games and not, and and that's yeah. what they were trying. They should have just left it alone, probably at the involving ten teams in the playoffs because we saw that really mattered, uh-huh. right? That was probably more influential than resting players uh, and maybe take another year of the schedule not being exactly on time. We're going to see this next year because you've got, you know, 12 guys uh, playing in the Olympics right now. Yep. Not getting any rest. They're going to come back. Season's going to start on time in the end of October, which is not a lot of rest. Those guys should have been done by now uh, anyway. So uh, I don't think this is the only year we're going to see injuries. I think next year is another year for injuries. Um do you think that this season probably had something to do with uh, Kawhi Leonard's? Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. I, think, I think it had something to do with uh, you know LeBron being the way he was in way. I thought, uh, um, you yeah, know, I think all those things were that way. You yeah, know, like the Trey, the Trey Young thing is you know rolling his foot on the refs. Like I don't know that that necessarily is different. Um, you know, but Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi was coming out. You could see it. He was like, I'm taking this team on my back. And then he, he got injured because. Yeah, well, that knee to knee with like the way that like when it happened, um, watching it live, I thought that there was some serious, you know, you don't react. It's, it's all in the reaction, right? That's what you've got to watch when someone gets hurt is how the reaction is. Yeah. Um, how many seasons has it been since his reconstruction? It's like. It's not been many. I mean, it's been no. enough, but not very. I mean, probably four. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking as well. It's like it hasn't been that long. Yeah, you know that it won't take much to redo it. I would imagine, you know, like re tear it or anything. Yeah, well, typically they say that when you have the full replacement, like he did with the cadaver Achilles or ACL, that it's stronger than it was naturally. Wow. But well, who knows? It's very difficult to to see and it's interesting to me in basketball we're starting to see maybe a little bit more now but it's been you know largely frowned upon to have braces and those things where in football it's pretty standard practice to right you know keep some kind of knee sleeve on or you know some kind of compression um so be interesting to see if guys with acl injuries go back to it i'm just uh i'm uh, i'm i'm excited to see what free agency brings in the nba as well yeah, because Kawhi's a free agent unless he resigns. Uh, He's not going to resign. I mean, if he, he motions it, he might resign for the Clippers, but it won't be a player option. He has the player option to sign in for. Them. Yeah, he's not taking that deal. Oh no, 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 no. He's he's going to get a long term deal from somebody, and, yeah. and it's going to be. I don't know that he's loved how it's gone in the for the Clippers. I don't know that it's been okay, everything yeah. he thought it was going to be. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I mean, I know in Toronto, he's regarded as, you know, uh, a saint, really. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Portomar DeRozan got the shaft in that deal. He sure did. Yeah. And I see him working in San Antonio. Like. Oh, yeah. Not a bad player at all. At all. Portomar DeRozan is a fantastic player. Yeah. But get him over the hump. But I would make that deal too to get Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, oh, yeah. time and you time again. Yeah, you no, can't fault it. You know, and and at the end of the day, that's that's what sports is. I mean, it is business. I mean, uh, you want to win <laughs> more so now than ever. I mean, we were yeah. even seeing it in the 
college ranks, right? Where they have that now where the players can sign and they can get paid for autographs and endorsements and copyrights for their likenesses. So their Jersey sales, they'll get a hold of. We have some college athletes that are going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, every year. You know what the sad thing is? Is that you're going to have somebody there, like old school guy, you know, back in the day when, uh, you know. I'm that, I, I could be that guy. Think about like, you know, watch the 30 for 30 ESPN did on Michigan and those guys not having, like having to scrape together money for right. a pizza. They're like the most popular athletes in the world at that right. point. It's unfair, but, but does, does that mean does that mean it has to keep going like no, that? Like, you know what I mean? Doesn't. And that's always my conversation when we talk about other social change. People yeah. are like, oh, well, I, it must be not. You know what? It is nice. It's nice for them. Thanks for paving the road. You did something good in the world. Right? Absolutely. You have these for-profit universities that are taking advantage of students. Hand over fist. And just regular students, interest rates on college loans are terrible. You're telling me at 18 years old, you're going to sign up for a 30-year commitment on a $200,000 education that's not going to get you anywhere? That's it. That's gross. That's gross. That should that interest on that debt should be forgiven. That debt necessarily shouldn't be forgiven, but the interest should be because it's yeah. bullshit. And the people that are like, well, I wish it could have happened. Yeah, great. Wrong time, son. That's just the way of the world. Yeah. It's the way that you, it's the time you're born, all those things. You shouldn't begrudge fairness to somebody else because you didn't get it that's gross well, that's it that's it's gross it's especially you know. with the timing thing i guess if it's the same thing right you should begrudge it that's yeah. that's fair right but like to be like oh i wish i like whatever come on it's so funny because like the whole entire evolution of sports when you have a look at it you know these guys had to have second jobs beforehand you know what i mean like yeah that's in my lifetime i'm turning yeah. 42 in a couple of weeks right yeah like, in my lifetime there's been football players that were bagging groceries or selling cars yeah. on the offseason because they couldn't make enough money playing a sport that now the minimum salary for an NFL veteran is a million dollars for a year. That's life-changing money for most people if it you is. handle it correctly. Yeah. But that's the thing is that, you know, uh, people will be upset about that too. It's like, oh, they're getting paid too much. Oh, there, there's this that's happening. There's that's that that's happening. Cares. Yeah. But, you know, like, like, uh, I was talking to one of my buddies there. We're talking about pro wrestling and it's funny because it's like, if you have a look at pro wrestling now, it's soft to him. It's soft. And he, yeah. he's, he's, he's got something to say there. Cause it's true. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot more controlled and there's a lot more padding and there's, a, but they've come a long way after seeing what CTE and, and, and the injuries that can happen and you're working 330 days. Yeah. So same thing with hockey, same thing with all that. It's like, oh, they well, it's, just, it's even recovery, right? I mean, you're talking yeah. about in our lifetime, in the 90s, you've got guys traveling in those gigs and those small town circuits for wrestling, you know, all packed in a Toyota Camry or something. You know what I mean? And like staying in Motel 6s and trying to find the edge they can get. And, you know, that, that was the move. And that makes a very entertaining person because they're trying to get that when the jobs, the high paying jobs are very few Mm -hmm. and the suck jobs are plentiful. You'll do whatever it takes to get there. Right. You know, do you know, know, that's why we saw a lot of steroid use in the late nineties. Heck yeah. And then because everyone needed the edge because that's what was going to get them over. Exactly. I wrestled a match for forty dollars. Was that $40. your highest paying match? Was that your highest paying match? It was not my highest paying match. No. Did they provide you with your banana hammock, or did you have to bring your own? I had to bring my own. <laughs> <laughs> the they thing wouldn't bedazzle it. Is that why? Or yes. Yeah, the thing is, though, that there's these guys still out there busting it. You know what I mean? Still doing that to get up there. Um, yeah, I remember seeing something. It was uh, oh, I'm gonna butcher what her name is. You know that um, her name is I think her name is Becky. That Becky Lynch. Yeah, Becky, Becky Lynch. Lynch. She said yeah. that one time that she wrestled for like two cheeseburgers and a diet coke. Yeah, I got. And I like, got that, like that was her first paid match. She thought she was doing something. Yeah, you know, um, it's it's uh, it's great that they are looking after these athletes. Yeah. What's well, the power uh, of fame, though, right? Like everyone just wants to, like they want the crowd reaction. That's what's so great about live sport. Yeah. Well, now I think the WWE is going on the road starting this month. They're yeah. they're starting their whole entire yeah. So they're starting back with live audience and everything. They're going to get a good pop. Uh, you know, they've had a year and a bit just working in uh, Tampa or is it Orlando? Orlando. 
Same no, it same. is Tampa. I'm sorry. Same it same. is Tampa. Yeah. Anyway, Florida. <laughs> but Tom Bradyville. They've been yeah. Bradyville. <laughs> but like, you know, they haven't had to travel anywhere. They, they've been working right there. Homes right there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's been good yeah. for them. What do you think their attendance has been in these matches? Do you think it's drawn well? Are you talking about like uh, online when you see everybody on the screens or? Uh, just you know, they've had people in the building. Uh, AEW has WWE only their only one that they had anybody in there was WrestleMania in Tampa, and and they drew they they it was packed. Well, I, that's why I wonder if they see a shift in their business model, right? Well, like, they hey, have... can draw everywhere. Yeah, we they can draw here. If people will travel here for these big events. You know, we could maybe yeah. put a better product on if we can control the environment more. Well, that's it. And and then now they're they're about to go back on the road. So I mean, there becomes variables. Then at that point, where you're going to be seeing, you know, you know, well, you yeah, but you look at the UFC models that way too, right? Like, yeah. you know, championship fights are rarely outside of Vegas anymore, right? Yeah. If you're a top tier UFC fighter, you're only fighting in Vegas. But the thing is that with wrestling is that you have your your like in house shows. Uh, black, you know, blackout shows that aren't on TV because they're they're wrestling 330 days a year. They're traveling everywhere, you know. They're doing all this. Uh, although this past year and a half, no, it's just been Monday Night Raw, and they had to let go of a whole bunch of people on the roster because, let's face it, there's only so many mouths that you could end up pushing, right? Like you know, so many people yeah. that you could feed. Um, but now with them going on the road, they're going to end up like people are people want to watch it. They're going to watch it, but I guess people are, you know, you compare 1998, which I did want to get into, by the way, but you compare like, you know, the nineties, especially the late nineties where you had all the blood and barbed wire and everything. And not to say that that's still not happening in the underground scene, but AEW and WWE, they know that like, Hey, listen, people aren't coming here to watch a death match, but when you well, they're missing they're misinformed that's when people are yeah. <laughs> they're just not getting it they still are showing up hoping to see it <laughs> well let's face it 23 years ago june 28th 1998 uh mick foley he took a he took a dive <laughs> twice <laughs> in that hell in a cell match against the undertaker and How dare uh you? What? How dare you? What are you talking about? Make it sound like Undertaker didn't win. Fair oh, the Undertaker square. won. Yeah, fair he won. and square. <laughs> he did. He's a better. He's a better wrestler than Mick Foley. You're just you got your rose colored glasses on because Mick Foley said something to you. Uh, listen, Mick Foley. I have all the respect in the world for it, to take those two. Those are two massive bumps. Yep. Going through the Spanish announce table. Tell me any other announce table that takes so much damage like the Spanish announce tables. <laughs> we don't have enough time to unpack that, but that's. <laughs> and then goes through like that yeah, hell in the, the English speaking table should take some heat every once in a while. I'll you would think, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, you, you want you quality. Little... Let's start there. Let's start the WWE with equality. Like, let's stop messing with the Spanish speaking table. <laughs> you know, um, you had to look at that cell 23 years ago, and you have a look at the hell in a cell that just happened a couple of weeks back. But this thing is reinforced steel. Yeah. That one, I mean, the things were coming apart 600 pounds just on top of it. That was an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime there is, that's that's real. Uh, it's real weight. You're not even reinforced steel. You're not. <laughs> I, I don't think those wrestlers weigh that anymore. That's part of it, right? That's it. Yeah. I think 600 pounds is being generous because Mr. Foley was plus three bills at least and, and you plus know man three bills and the undertaker was every bit of 280 i mean just you know <laughs> i met the guy in 2003 uh 2004 somewhere in that time frame and homeboy was every bit of 280 i can't imagine he was less than that in his prime five years earlier so i would say he would have been at 320 at that point you know what yeah, I mean? I, that was probably closer to 700 pounds <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, you think we're splitting dice over 100 pounds here, folks? Just, just go grab 100 pounds and then tell you what the difference is. That's 100 pounds is real weight. You're talking about stability, you know. But then you you have a look at that. Like, here's a man 
you know, he, he gets upset that he's known for one match, which he's done much more than that, you know, Mick Foley. But, yeah. you know, you, you, you have a look at that match. You, you don't I feel see like he was never consistent enough, though, with his personality to be like known for more than that. Well, he had three personalities. <laughs> That's the hard part. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was hard to be, unless you were that way as a person, it was hard to be behind him as a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mess much with Mick Foley, but that was because I had, uh, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock and The Undertaker, like all these other just big, you know. But he made them, he made them better every time that he. A hundred percent. I'm not, this is not me discounting Mick Foley. Like he made them better. I'm just saying like I wasn't buying Mick Foley merchandise because I didn't know which one of it I was and it just made me confused. I just love the fact that if you want a guy to get, get a guy over, you put him in with Mick Foley. And one of the yeah. faces of Foley, you'll yeah. You'll Foley's go like Trent Dilfer, right? Like you need him to win the championship. You know, man, you're using Trent Dilfer way too much. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Just tell me I'm wrong. I'll wait. <laughs> you're using Trent Dilfer way too much. No, uh, he's a lot. It more. works. It no, works. No, he's a lot more than Trent Dilfer. Man. He's this not. Is, yeah, you're discounting Trent Dilfer. <laughs> he has a Super Bowl ring. What can I say? He does. <laughs> Mick Foley is a WWE championship. <laughs> He's more than Trent Dilfer, though, man. <laughs> if he just put one guy over, but he put several guys over, including Shawn Michaels. There were some great matches with him and wow. Mankind. You know? Wow. What? If you wanted a guy... To get guaranteed, he's going to get the stamp of approval. He's going to be a tough guy. You have him go against Mick Foley or The Undertaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Tell me I'm wrong. You yeah. want a guy to have like automatic, hey, this guy is going to put some color in this match. This guy is going to come out and he is going to be now looking at a tough guy. Triple H. Who would have thought Triple H was a tough guy until he went up against Cactus Jack? All right. Well, no one thinks Triple H is a tough guy now. <laughs> Triple H was never a tough guy. He just he just married well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He married well and wasn't afraid of needles. <laughs> you know, but I go- okay, real quick though, we're talking about wrestling gets you excited. As it's very clear, how on a scale of one to ten, how close are you trying to rip your shirt right now? Like Seven? I feel like every time your hand goes like this, you're just gonna. <laughs> we're calling everyone brother. Come back on. Season three, Sean's gonna have a really shitty blonde wig on. It looks like. Speaking of really bad blonde wigs, uh, did you see Little Wayne run onto the court when Chris Paul went to the no, final? No, I oh, totally missed that. It. Terrible. I thought, listen, <laughs> no disrespect to Chris Paul's grandma, but I thought that's what it was. I thought Chris Paul was hugging his grandma because it was this really badly dyed blonde jumble of hair on top of this <laughs> little person's head. And it turned out to be Little Wayne. It's very <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> Killing me. Little, little Wayne tracks now because I can't I just can't get the image out of my head that looked like Chris Paul's grandma on the court. <laughs> you gotta go look at it. It's terrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh little Wayne has reached Hulk Hogan status. He's just calling <laughs> one brother with a bad blonde wig. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I can't get over though is like how many people are still like uh just enamored by uh some of these old time wrestlers there, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering if uh, any of these new guys, people, there has to be somebody buying their merchandise and going for them. You yeah, know what I mean? hundred percent is, and they will hundred percent be, that's just the nature of sport. That's right? it. That's it, it's man. Oh, got their fan bases and everyone's got their diehards. And that's, you know, if you reach that level, like you've got some kind of pull, right? I would say it's interesting. Oh my gosh. You just, <laughs> Yeah, I get excited about wrestling because it was something I, I uh, was completely passionate about. Um, yeah. 
managed to do a few matches. It was fun. Uh, hurt myself pretty bad. I had to make a life-changing decision. And uh, that's where the military comes in. Yeah. But uh, I, uh, I, I have all... <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I, I just have nothing but the respect, all the respect in the world for any of these guys that have to go through. Because, you know, it's a, it's, a real, it's a real ringer to get through there, to get up to where you got to be, you know? Yeah. Um, I think but, that's if you're in front of a giant crowd at a professional level, like you've made some sacrifices and done some things that other people aren't willing to do. That's it. That's it's it. not just talent that gets you to the top. It's drive. It's and that's why it irritates stands, me. It's opportunity. I mean, there's a lot of things that come into play. It irritates me when you have people going, "Whoa, they're getting paid all this just to play a sport, just play a sport." Yeah. And it's like, yes, because they dedicated their life to that. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing as a CEO. It's the same thing as anything like that. You you dedicate your your life to it. And now with the marketability of the uh, athlete, knowing that they are marketable heck there's like so much riding on your name and on your talent yeah well, even why thing, why wouldn't you take it the equity of being able to market yourself that we've got with social media now absolutely. so much more pop absolutely absolutely you can I become saw a guy this morning on instagram kick a 70 yard field goal and now a bunch of nfl players are like somebody to sign this kid <laughs> 70 yards bro that's insane. He lined it up for a 30 yard the other way and then just turned around and just booed and just bombed it. Wow. Bomb. Wow. I mean, it was good from 75. Like, wow. And it's probably not, I mean, you know, it's always different kicking off a tee and with no rush and blah, blah, blah. But still, like, that guy's good from 65. That's amazing. That's amazing. On the reg, that's a big leg, man. You better put him in if he's accurate. That's the other thing, right? Who knows who's accurate? You know? Yeah. Maybe he hits one out of ten, and that's not very good. But who knows? Who knows? Hey, you ready for our uh, our one on one question of the week? I think it's fun. Before that, before that, I did want to get your thoughts on UFC two sixty four tonight. Uh, well, I mean, I think that's overshadowed. Uh, two sixty four is next week, so. No, I think that's this week there. July 10th. Is that the Poirier? Make, make, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah Sorry, July that 10th. is next week. What am I doing to you? The second week of Firecrackers, folks, is what it would be. Uh, stay tuned for next week to hear my uh, commentary. <laughs> well, I think Poirier is going to do McGregor. Or vice versa, as it may be. <laughs> All right. Let's do the one-on-one question. I completely messed this one up, didn't I? I didn't even I have a look. I... It was a good segue. We talked about fireworks twice. Special PSA kids, listen, your fingers are worth more than celebrating your freedom. So just be safe with the fireworks tonight and try to cap by midnight for my old sake because I can go till midnight. But it, listen, if you're blowing off at 2 a.m., I'm going to yell curse words at you at the window because old man Tesh, old man Tesh coming after you. You're drunk. You're drinking beer out of a blue can, which no one should be doing. See, look. What do you think? What's the bad blue? Like, what's that? What's the equivalent of that in American beer? It's got to be like a Bud Light, right? It's not. It's not like a natural. It's not a natty, right? It's, well, the bad blue would be the same as uh, Bush. Yeah. No, no, maybe a step up above that. I don't know. Yeah. What's what's Pabst, what's Pabst Blue Ribbon? Where is that? It's elite. It's a, it's definitely elite. Pabst is elite? Yeah, you got to be a competent Pabst. It is. Yeah, it's gross, but it's elite. It's one of those weird things. Like It's like caviar. It's like a, it's a acquired taste. Yeah, be able to wear like short jean shorts with a pocket showing out of the bottom of them. Are you kidding me? So you got to hear me out on this. It, it's Listen, not for everybody, but look, the, guy that, the guy that buys that on the reg <laughs> is someone who's supremely confident. They may not be correct, but they're supremely confident. They got, they got a rat tail showing their pockets. Yep, they've got a hairstyle that goes against the grain. They're wearing cowboy boots with shorts, no socks on. Their feet are just sweaty and gross. You're absolutely right. They are a confident individual. Yep. So it's just an elite thing like caviar. Just Pab Blue Ribbon is the caviar beer. Okay, so then we'll compare Labatt Blue then to Bush. Budweiser. It's got to be Budweiser, right? Like a Bud Light. 
I'd say Molson Canadian would be Budweiser. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, my backwards because I only I only drink Labatt's uh, Canadian beer. That's my thing, but I drink a lot of Budweiser. So. Yeah, I I hate Labatt actually. So my buddy just brought it over for Canada Day, and you aren't, you aren't getting rid of this. <laughs> There's only one way to get rid of it. <laughs> Shotgun it down the hatch. You're not getting rid of it. Hey, man. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that. Maybe uh, uh, next week we'll close the episode by shotgunning a beer. Well, I'll say, I'll say you. I have to have a bucket because there's a lot of carpet here, but I'm down. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I got a Joanna will have a freak show day on me there if I do. It's been that. a while since you shotgunned a beer. If you eat a oh, it has. Uh, it will be messy. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see. Oh my gosh! All right. See how it goes. Let's get to this one-on-one question here. You delinquent? <laughs> it's not even that delinquent of a question. It's, this is a complete. Oh, you're a delinquent. One of shotgun beers. <laughs> listen, if you don't like man, listen. I'm telling you, the move is this is the move. If you need to relax on a weeknight or just mm-hmm. get the party started quickly, it's a boilermaker, right? It's a shot. Yeah, I know. We've talked about this. I know. It's just a shot and then shotgun and beer. You'll be fine. You don't got to do nothing the rest of the night. You'll just cool out. You don't have to do anything the rest of the night because you won't be able to move. <laughs> exactly. It's good for everybody. <laughs> Takes 45 seconds if you're with it. Like, it's easy. Just shot, shotgun, see you later. The first time you told me it was like I was your middle of the week <laughs> move was a boiler maker. And they're going, Let's don't knock it till you try it, homie. Don't knock it till you try it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's like two dudes just walking in, boiler maker. Yeah. Listen, I know it's a thing because every bar I go into I ask for one, they don't even question it. They just say, Oh, here you go. It's eight bucks. Thanks, man. What whiskey are you getting? Uh, I mean, it just all depends. No, 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 Don't, don't just. I need to know. I, I always, I always default to Jameson. It's... Okay, all right, all right. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. I thought you were going to say Jack Daniels. No, no, I haven't. I Jack and I haven't danced for quite a while. Mm. Sounds good. Yeah, usually, yeah. Jack, you know, I'll shoot Jameson if we're going to drink it. I'm going to sip on some basil or some maybe some Johnny Blue or something. You know, it's. 40 old me can't just no jack in the rocks anymore oh no no, I can't, no it's gonna be a long night i i think jack daniels is the worst thing and what do they call it a bourbon it's a bourbon isn't it yeah yeah I, you haven't had jose cuervo in a while i think jack daniels is the worst thing but. jose cuervo i uh we have not been acquaintances for a long time yeah yeah no for a reason yeah now that the Rock has his own tequila out there, yeah, it's fantastic. By the way, is it? Yeah. What's it called? Terramana, I think. Is what it's called. Man, so him and Clooney are they the two going out there at their own? They must tequila? be. I don't know. Man, that's crazy. Uh, I have to try both. I don't know. You got it. That, that, that <laughs> Rock tequila is whew, man, it's good. Top shot. Yeah, you getting a rock bottom from that? <laughs> Put in a boilermaker, you probably could. You mean, <laughs> that's the people's elbow. Yeah. <laughs> Knock the stress right out of your life. The tequila is the rock bottom, and then the people's elbow to finish it. Tequila, <laughs> you know, some kind of regular mm. lager beer to shotgun. That's it. There you go. You, thing, man, you know what? Uh, this is off topic, but. You know, it takes a lot more work to make lagers than it is to make IPAs. Like, a lot more. Do you know this? I did not know that. But I'll probably, it, I'll probably misstate these facts. So I was talking to a friend of ours who's a big brewer. Tell me it was Tony. Yeah, it was Tony. No. But he was telling me about how, like, it's... <laughs> it's uh, God damn, I'm going to mess up. Sorry, Tony, in advance, if I mess this up. But he was something like... It takes twice the amount of product and almost twice. Like you can get one batch of lager for every two batches of IPA that you make. Isn't that crazy? I would never imagine that. That's why I thought that's why they're shoving all these IPAs down our throats because that they make them faster. Because I appreciate a good lager. Like I did like, man, like, you know, 
but I always feel like the minority because everyone's like, oh, IPA, IPA, IPA. I'm like, man, God damn. Like IPA but here and there. That's why all the microbreweries popped up and all these people were that way and people just, you know, but man, listen, folks, get yourself a nice shot of liquor that whatever you like, bourbon or whiskey or vodka or tequila, whatever it is. Single shot. Don't go crazy and get a double. Just get a single shot. Get yourself a good lager beer. And then just shoot it and chase it. It's fantastic. It'll cure all you. Then stop there. Stop there. Go have dinner. Hang out. Watch a game. Call your friends, tell them you love them. You'll be relaxed. You're not going to care. <laughs> wake up fine the next day. Stop the silliness. Stop drinking all the sodas and the mixers and all that, whatever. Oh, uh, soda just, it. no, it's no good. It's not <laughs> good. Listen, shot, chase it with a lager beer, be done. Call it a day. Stop with your 8.8%, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are Brad's pearls of knowledge. Yeah. We, we right, one on one question. If animals could talk, if they could talk, what animal would be the rudest? What animal would be the rudest? Yeah. Like per capita, like what animal would be the most rude person? We're talking about just domesticated animals or are we talking all about animals? You can, we can go all animals if you want to. All right. Most rudest. Yeah. Say a squirrel. Huh. Why? Why a squirrel? Have you ever Why seen them? They're so Why territorial. They're so yeah. territorial. It's like we got some squirrels in my backyard that are pretty fun. We call him Fat Fat Squirrel. He's hilarious. He just taunts the dog. He stays on the top row of the fence. He just runs back and forth all day long. And just yeah, dog this is dickish. <laughs> I I appreciate him getting the exercise for the dog. That's all I care about. He's, he's a friend of mine. But what about you? That's cats. I hate cats. I uh, kind of figure you're going to say cats. That was my second choice because uh, cats are always there. Like, you know, they just seem like royalty. <laughs> For no good reason. Yeah. Oh, put the yeah. food right there. I need love. Pet me. Yeah. <laughs> and just force themselves upon you. <laughs> you know, like a cat would just use profanity if it could, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What I feel like. My one-on-one question to you. If you were to do yoga, what would be the one pose that you would not do? Okay. First of all, I do yoga. Okay. Because it's very, it's helpful as you age to stretch and yoga gets me there. So a couple days a week, I find myself stretching, doing those things. Uh, Yeah. Uh, There's this thing called the frog pose. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm not doing it. You are on all fours, and then you like have to like thrust your ass backwards. <laughs> it's not safe for work, anyone. If you don't don't Google it, unless you're on your home computer or phone, it's terrible. And every time I'm in class and they say it's for the frog, I just don't do it. I just <laughs> find something else to do. You go, you go a professional class, like you go in there. Is it hot yoga? I did, yeah. Before COVID, I would go to a class. Yeah, yeah. I've just been doing it with my yogi here, uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, I'd be the only, usually be the only dude in the class. He is the worst yogi. He's great. Uh, first off, he's great. But yeah. As far he's as just relaxation, yogi. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like his relaxation, yeah, Hulker off. It's like, oh, DDP. Well, DDP gets up and has a bullet maker and then probably does a line and then jumps into the yogi. That's him relaxing. Arms out to a T and hook it up. Yeah. Yeah. And all those things are great. All the moves are the same. And I notice when I don't do it, but it's not like, listen, listen, I'm telling you, the frog pose is not the one for you. (laughs) The frog pose? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right. Wow. Hey. This brings episode, what, 17 to an end? 17 to a close. Thanks again, uh, Flyers. We appreciate it. Sorry if I botched your logger to IPA standard, but that's what I heard you say while I was listening to you. Were you, were you having a Boilermaker at that time? No. <laughs> you might have got a skewed. No, I was having a supporter at that point. 
Because Tony makes the best porter in the world. I'm not giving you mince words with anybody. There we go. Man. Pacemaker Porter is top shelf, Tony. Thank you for creating it. Tony, you should send me some at some point when I go down to the States. I got a plan. We, we'll, we'll work it out. Listen, guys. Uh, I just wanted to say um, be safe out there this uh, holiday weekend. Don't do anything crazy. I'm back in one piece. Hey, be good or be good at it. Right out. You've listened to the podcast, but now it's time to visit us in our virtual sports bar. Get all of our info at guysbeersports.com, where you can find all the ways to connect with us. Watch for live conversations with Brad and Sean that happen throughout the week and join in with your favorite local beer. You can share your thoughts in the conversation comments with your own uploaded videos or even join us as a guest live commentator. The GBS Virtual Sports Bar is open for business. Come on in, boys and girls.